Welcome to the Joe Watt Podcast. I am Joe Vendramini from the University of Florida, Range Cattle Research and Education Center. And today we are in Okeechobee, Florida. And my guest is Mr. Todd Clemens. Todd, thanks for being with us today. You're welcome, Joe. I'm glad to be here. Um, I would like to ask Todd to introduce himself and talk a little bit for us about his business here in Okeechobee. Sure. I'm Todd Clemens, and I'm president of the Okeechobee Livestock Market. And uh, this market was has been in our family since 1961. My grandfather, my father, and another gentleman purchased the livestock market from the Adams Ranch family, Judge Adams. And so it's been in my family for over 50 years, and and it's a family-run business. And uh, so I'm third generation, and and my brother's children and my children are involved in the business still today. That's great. And, and Todd, um, how many head do you run in the market here every week? Well, now we're selling on Mondays and Tuesdays, which we have been since Belglade Livestock Market shut down in 1971, I believe. Uh, they used to sell on Mondays. When that market closed down, we started selling on Mondays. So we sell on Mondays and Tuesdays. And right now we're running about 100,000 head of cattle through the ring each year. Okay. And you also have the internet sale, the producer sale. That yes, you, yes, we're you, part of the internet cattle selling business, and uh, we sell probably thirty to forty thousand head of calves on that sale every year. And was that one venue to to get truckloads or and also get the business from these people that have more volume that they don't bring cattle to the market? That's right, Joel. Um, in this business, there's we've got a large group of people that only have a handful of cattle, and I'd say 80% of the cattle we sell are small operations. And then we have a few people uh, that have big ranches, and they're able to put together semi-loads of calves at one time, and so that allows them to be able to ship their calves straight from the ranch, which does enhance the value and and it's an easier kind of a deal. So we want to offer different ways for for people to sell their cattle. And Todd, talking specifically about bringing cattle to the market for sale, we we always see those light calves and heavy calves, and you have some slide in the price for the heavier calves. So can you explain to our listeners about the slide in different weights? And if there is some... Uh, times of the year or some situations where you think you'll be better to sell light calves instead of heavy calves or vice versa? Well, um, I sit here and watch these cattle sell week after week and and you see the difference in the prices um, and there are so many variations and so many variables involved in why cattle bring what they bring. Uh, there's so many different breeds. Uh, the weight ranges are so different, and then you've got a a difference in the price between even the steers and the heifers. Well, I guess from a buyer's standpoint, or the people that are actually buying the cattle for the end product, has to know what they're going to get for that calf on the back end. And so they work that price back to the livestock market. And if a calf is 
300 pounds, then let's just say that they've got to put 900 pounds to 1,000 pounds of weight on that animal. So they figure that, and there's a break-even point. And so that determines the price that they can give for that animal. Well, it's going to be a higher price than it would be for a 500-pound cat because the the purchase the the initial purchase of the calf is a price and so the weight that 900 to 1000 pounds of weight that that the owner is going to put on that calf he can he can reduce that cost of the animal by by just grazing him on grass or uh feed and grass uh, but his cost of gain is going to be less over an extended period of time, so it can give a little bit more for the lighter cap. So that's one reason why you're going to have a difference between a 300-pound uh, calf and a 500-pound calf. Um, and then the steers and heifers, that just, and, and I'm not a feedlot guy, I'm a market guy, but, but I don't think the heifers will convert their feed, and it costs more to put the weight on the heifer than it does the steers. So the guy buying the cattle has to figure that cost in the purchase of the animal. So he's going to be able to give a little bit more for the steer calf than the heifer calf, but just because of the feed conversion. Is that a good enough answer? Yeah, okay. I, I think that explains okay. why they have that, that initial difference. And do you feel that there are some times or something happens in the market where it becomes more attractive to sell those light calves? Uh, that's a good question. Um, there, there probably, probably is. I mean, times of the year, certainly where, where there's a lot of grass out west in the summertime. Um, and, and we're, we're having these calves in the spring of the year that are coming off, of, off of, uh, first calf heifers. A lot of spring calves here in Florida are lightweights. And a guy can buy those, those 300, 400 pound calves in the spring and, and turn them out on summer grass in Kansas or somewhere like that, put two or 300 pounds on them and then send them to the, to the feedlot. And, um, so, you know, it's, it's different conditions. I guess it's grass conditions, uh, or just what a guy's looking for. Um, there's some, another group of people that, um, there's people that have cutting horses and they use cattle for their cutting horses and they like to buy heifers and they like to buy them around 500 to 600 pounds and they use them and they're cutting horses and then it, and they feed them and take care of them while they're using them and then they turn around and, and sell them to a to a feedlot somewhere so there's different reasons why people want to buy a certain weight range of cattle and it's it could vary and, and talking about all the variation that you mentioned, so you no know, different types of cattle come and go. And do you see that there is a stereotype of calves that will bring uh, consistently a little better price, or do you think that's again it's all this variation just coming to play? And uh, black calves and sometimes red calves and white calves they can bring the same money, or there is something that will be consistent better. Quality is number one. Regardless of the breed, if it's a good quality calf, it's going to bring more money than a plain calf. But here at our market, and I would say most all markets, uh, there are certain breeds of cattle that bring more money. And that's going to be from, 
from the feed, feeding end of it where the people know that these certain animals are going to feed cheaper, they're going to convert better, they're going to grade and yield better, and, and they know all that. And from a market, my standpoint, it's what calf brings the most money to the producer. That's what we're interested in getting the guy as much as we can for that calf. And right now, uh, the Angus, the black cattle, Angus uh, quarter, Brammer cross, Angus calves are selling about as good as anything out there. And then the Charlotte cross calves would be right there with them, pretty close. Uh, and then after that would be um, Brayford cross with a composite uh, red-hided calves do pretty good. And um, then Brammer calves would be after that. But the Brammer heifers are in really high demand. And here in South Florida, we, we've got those cattle. And there's not how many places in the nation can you have those kind of cattle. It's us in South Texas. So we see a lot of uh, premium for the, the Brammer cross heifers. People, people are buying those heifers to, to take back home and, and put in their herd. And you can take that heifer and breed her to an Angus or Charlay or an Angus bull to start with, but cross her with a with an Angus or Charlay later on, and that's about as good a calf as you can get market wise. And we talk a little bit about the Brahma, and we know that our cattle here needs to have some Brahma because of the heat and longevity. It's good cattle. We we are Brahma influenced cattle country here. It's we have crosses like Brangos and Brayford. Uh do you think your buyers, people that come here, do you have some buyers that really comes to have a, a heavier Brahman set of calves instead of just a regular uh, English type of cattle and they send to South Texas or somewhere that they have more specific market for that kind of cattle? Uh, we, we, we have buyers here that come here just for the Brammer heifers mm -hmm. uh, because they're they're uh, marketable, they're in high demand, and there's a real low supply of those cattle. So yeah, uh, and I am just you know my family has a ranch and cattle too, and and I was saying man we ought to just change all our bulls up to Brammer bulls because these heifers are bringing more than steers are bringing. So if you I mean if you figure it and I hadn't done it yet, but if you put a pencil to it, I bet you you would come out about as good raising Brammer calves and just you'll get a discount for the steers when you sell them. But the heifers are going to be worth considerably more than, than a, a quarter-blooded uh, steer calf is. So, yeah. And uh, we believe that the market is the gauge, right, for productivity and quality. The market will tell you how good your thing is or how good your cattle right. is or not. And do you think now is people realizing, because there was a lot of preconceived against the brown cross animals, but now the market is realizing that those females are very productive, so it's time to... I, to think, it, I, think, I think it's already happening, mm -hmm. and that's why when I think of things, usually if I think of something, I'm already a year late because somebody <laughs> else has already done it. So by the time you get into it and change your bull system up and, and you get these calves, it, there may be a flood on the market of these animals so that would maybe keep me from doing that um, the one thing I see down here too and you talked about 
heat tolerance in Bremer cattle in, in South Florida. When the Angus came out with a certified Angus beef program years ago, uh, they really did a great job. And before that happened, we were all, most everybody around here was using Hereford bulls. And uh, because of the difference in the in the price, it, everybody switched. They got rid of their Herefords and they went to Angus bulls. And then they went to keeping their Angus or Brangus heifers. And in South Florida, you'll see herds of cattle that are just totally black. And which kind of doesn't make sense to me. I mean, it's good quality, but when you go to work them, and the shipping time here is in August and September, which it's a 120 degree heat index, and you're handling black cattle, not everybody can do that. I mean, you're going to have some problems with heat, and you're going to have weight loss, you're going to have some death loss. Um, so you don't have to have a black cow to have a black calf, you know what I mean? Yeah. So um, I don't quite understand some of the reasons why people do what they do. But we have cows here, too, on land that are uh, for ag-exemption kind of land, and we call them tax cows. A man will have 20 acres of land in a development area, and the property taxes are so high that uh, he can't afford to pay the taxes on it. So you go put some cows on it, and you get you get the ag-exemption for having cattle on the property. So the purpose of those cows is not to uh, make the most money or have the best cow, but they could be longhorns or they could be the Andalusias or the cracker cows or anything, and they're saving that man so much money, he doesn't care what he is. And so at the markets, we see just every kind of animal in the world. And, and I, it is so diversified, and I think that's a good thing. I don't, I don't, I don't think we all want to, be raising the very same product and get streamlined into like a, a chicken farm or a hog farm and no offense to those people, but, but we're very, uh, uh, diversified and, and these ranchers and cattle people think they all think different. And so we have different kinds of animals. So it all depends on what your purpose is. You know, sometimes it's not about the bottom line, uh, of what that cow's going to bring you back. So there could be other reasons. Mm-hmm. And, and Todd, we are uh, going to the end of our conversation here today. So uh, before I finish, I'd like to ask you like three quick questions that you can answer really two options, one option. Okay. Um, and as you said, you have some, uh, also have some cattle and run some cattle around here. So if you have to tell me two forage species that you like the most, what would it be? Uh, Bahia grass. Number one, I guess, because it's, it gets along pretty good. It's easy to have. And then, um, I don't know, a floralta or one of those kind of grasses, which I'm not that familiar with it. But okay. a head grass, I guess, for me would be my pick. Okay. And if you have to select two cattle breeds that you think are, are good for us? I think Angus Cross and Charlie Cross calves. Okay. And I know that you and your family have been here for a long time, and your father is a legend here in Okeechobee, primarily being a cowboy and rodeo cowboy. Oh, yeah. And what do, if you go to the rodeo, what is your favorite attraction at the rodeo? Oh, gosh. Everybody loves bull riding, Joel. Um, 
But I think my favorite event, just because it's from the old days in the past, is the Saddlebronc ride. And I remember as a kid watching my dad, and he did all five events. Mm -hmm. And I, I just remember the Saddlebronc ride being the classic event, and it's it's really a it's a it's a beautiful thing to watch when it's done right. So Saddlebronc ride's my pick. Yeah, that that is a a good choice. So we we are debating between the set of broke riding and bull riding different yeah. uh, podcasts. So, but I think those are my favorites as well. Good. So, Todd, I would like to thank you very much for your time. Sure. And and I'll see you next time. Um, my name is Joe Vendramini. Joe, what? <laughs>